My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. Hey guys, Brianna here with a quick message for all of you lovely members of the TTRPG community. We have a group of friends who needs your help. Go on Twitter and check out Homebrew Queens at at Homebrew Queens and see what you can do to help these lovely ladies bring their father back to the table. Let's show them what community is all about. My name is Doug. And I am from the Good Better Quest podcast. It's a podcast on the Final Plank Productions network. We have four different shows through Final Plank. Uh, Good Better Quest is one of them. And I'm one of the main cast members on Good Better Quest. I play Durak, who is a half-orc barbarian who is undergoing some major changes this season. We also have a show called Versus And and a show called After the Plot, which is like a mockumentary that follows characters sort of after the movie or after the video game is over. They also do a show called Martial Parts. Durak enters the drunken kettle, and the first thing that you notice about him is that he's a lot smaller than you thought he was going to be. He's kind of big for a person, but he's small for an orc, and his facial features are very orcish. And so he looks a little bit scrawny, a little tiny. He's wearing a poncho made of a bear skin, and it's black, and it's greasy, and it's well-worn. And on his feet are the feet of a black bear that have been sewn into his boots. He's got scruffy white hair, and as he tosses the poncho off before he sits down, you notice that he has a large raised uh, scar across his chest and knobby round joints all over. You realize that his strength is probably not in any kind of prowess so much as it is in just the mechanics of how his bones and muscles are put together. He puts up two fingers and the bartender brings over two mugs of ale and he downs one immediately like as he's sitting. And then uh, he, he settles into his seat, leans forward with his elbows on the table. He goes, hey, look, I don't normally do this sort of thing, but uh, Headmaster Winterhold told me I had to, and uh, I, owe, I owe him a, a few favors. So I'm Durak, and I, I go here to Favorite University, and I'm on the Barbarian track, and, uh, well, I'm already talking too much. You're fine. You're fine. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. I've heard interesting tales so far. You can believe about half of them, probably. The other half is probably... Oh, hell, just believe all of them. I'm kind of kind of wild sometimes. You know, it's funny. I disappeared for a little while. And we could talk about that later. But uh, I was gone for almost a year. And uh, when I came back to school, there had been this rumor that I'd got eaten by a dinosaur. And I was like... Front, because it was my friend Front that started to remember. I was like, Front, you thought I went into the woods, got killed by a dinosaur? Come on, man. Get the feeling it would take much more than that to kill you. Well, lots of tried. 
lots of come close. I tell you what, we uh, <laughs> we came across this thing a few months back, like nothing I ain't never seen before. It's like if you had an elephant made of trees, and it was trees, and it was moss, and it was shambly, and and it was four-legged, and it 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 shambled on towards us, and it was it was looking to do us harm. I mean, we we killed it, but I'd rather face a dinosaur than another shambling mound. That does sound rather uncomfortable. How long have you been going to the university here? Well, counting the year that uh that I'm missing, I've uh, been here right at three and a half years, working towards my senior year. And of course, I'm a lot older than most of these students, but I owe my life to, to Master Winterhold. And uh, uh, so I, I, I gladly, I gladly accept my place as a student here. What did you do before you came here? Well, uh, I wandered a lot. Headmaster Winterhold went ahead and told me that I was probably going to tell you some old stories. And so, hell, let me just go ahead and get started on, on the oldest one. I was born in the Ironhide clan, a bastard among bastards. And I spent the first 15 winters with my mother. And then in my 15th winter, it came time for the proven ceremony. They sent me this boy to fight. And he was, he was little. He's little. Couldn't have been more than 12, 13 years old. And they had him with his little knife. And I could see the fear in his eyes. And at first I didn't want to fight him, but well, I hit him one good time. And when he fell, I just didn't have the heart to finish him off. And so they ran me out the village. And I spent the next few years sort of wandering from place to place picking up little little jobs here and there if I had to stop at a town, but mostly living off the land. And I was there under the sky for a real long time. And I think that there were times when I was probably more animal than person. But uh, this place has taught me <laughs> some civilized manners. It's not as there is an air of a more natural magic around you than I expected at first. Imagine, did you pick it up while you were by yourself? It's a funny story. <clears throat> when I showed up here, I just got, I got hurt real, real bad. And I was in the infirmary and Master Winterhold told me that he'd, he'd pay my debts if I came to his school. And so I did. And at first I spent most of my time in this class. <laughs> they called it monster biology. And in that class, Professor Ned Ragivalo, he's a mean, mean little son of a bitch, but he used to teach that class and he said, Durak, why don't you come on up here and start swinging that axe some? And see, so he knew I could swing an axe. And uh, I went up there, I studied with him for a little while, but then, then I, I disappeared. And I know I'd like to say more about that, but I'll be damned. I, one day I, I wandered off. I remember going for a walk. I remember getting real tired. I remember finding a cave and the next thing you know I, I wake up and I could feel it had been a long time but of course that's where I met Sootpaw and I got these and he points down to his to his boots yes I was wondering about that all the typical choice of footwear 
Well, look, when I woke up, I was in a cave. And I reckon that cave must belong to somebody else. And when I woke up, there's this big old black bear standing there. He looked old and he looked like he was in pain. And he talked to me. He introduced himself. He said his name was Sootpaw. And he was afraid that he wouldn't make it to the great river when he passed because he knew that nobody remembered his name. And he asked me to do him a favor and grant him a good death and to always remember his name so that he could be peaceful at the great river. And so I got this and he thumps his chest over the scar and he looks down at his feet and he kind of puts them out from under the table. And if he weren't being so serious, it would look comical, but you can tell that he is lost in a memory as he's looking at these, um, at these feet. And so I wear these in remembrance of St. Paul. May he never be forgotten. I'm sure he will not. Must have been very, very old indeed. Probably older than you or I could realize. Yeah, he's he's an old guy, that's for, that's for sure. But you know, he spoke to me, and that's when I knew that things were different. That's when I knew that there was something different about me that the professor, Evilo, maybe even hadn't seen before. And I made my way back to the school, and they told me that I'd been gone for a year. And I started meeting with Rose Hollowind. She's the Druidic Studies teacher. And I started meeting with her. I chose the path of the of the bear and I began studying and I began to learn and I felt my powers growing and then one day I was just talking to animals and they's talking back to me and I feel something wild in my spirit and it ain't been it ain't been fully awakened yet I know there's something there just waiting to get out so yeah, there's a little touch of magic about me now that didn't didn't used to be there. Perhaps it has always been there, it just hadn't had a chance to show itself yet. Now that you've had this encounter, it's started something. But the long and short of it is, I ain't worried about the, the why or the when or the how, but I just want to know the what. And right now, the what is I'm stronger and I'm faster, and I don't mean to brag, but I can dodge a fireball. That's impressive. The very useful skill to have. Speaking of fireballs, you gotta see something. He leans down, and you notice that he, he brought in an axe, but it had a, a hat on it, and that hat matches the hat that Durak wears. It's a long silk stocking cap that at one point was blue with gold stars, but now it's just gross. But the one that's on the axe head looks like the original because it was made by his roommate, Siggy, to look like the hat. And for a moment, you wonder, what in the world has he got this hat on his axe for? But as he pulls the hat off, exposing the blade, you see that the blade itself is on fire. And not just a little bit. It is white hot. It is burning the air around it. And so he doesn't leave it uncapped very long. Uh, he pulls the cat back over the blade and sets it back down and says, Oh yeah, this here's Selvatarn. 
it's a hellfire axe. I, uh, <laughs> I went one time to this Eric Coker palace up in the sky and my, my buddy Siggy and I was up there and our friends Tag and Damakos came to rescue us because we've been taken prisoner. And then this, this lady named Moth showed up and Moth, y'all, Moth is something else. And uh, I don't believe she liked me talking too much about her. So I'm going to skip ahead to the part where she took my regular old axe, put it on a enchanting table and turned it into this. Don't know what's more impressive, the axe or the hat that's keeping it from burning down the building? Well, I'm kind of partial to the hat. <laughs> How long has it been enchanted like that? Well, I've had this axe for 10, 12 years or so. And uh, it's it's got a nice ash handle. It's broken real good. The head was forged from a pretty nice steel. I've had the axe with me for a while. But it's only been enchanted for a couple years now. And uh, one of them years I was asleep, so I don't really even count. Ever tried to figure out why you were asleep? Or did you just decide to move on and leave that a mystery? Well, you know, I'd also like to know where I was for that year. Been working with Rose Halloween, the druidic studies teacher. But she's been, she's been doing this weird thing where, like, I go to sleep and she gets in my head while I'm dreaming. I don't I don't like it, it's hard to explain, but she tells me that she's gonna help me regain my memories of the time I was gone. But eh, we ain't really shook nothing loose yet. Lost memories can be annoyingly hard to recover at times. Yep. Perhaps you'll find a way in time though. I've discovered that while they're hard to shake loose, they do tend to come back when you need them to. That's what Rose keeps saying. She keeps saying, Durak, if the memories come back, it's because it's time they came back. Or something like that. She says something like that. I've traveled a lot and seen a lot, and that's usually how it goes unless you somehow happen to make friends with some really powerful people who don't care about what order fate wants things to happen in. Speaking of powerful friends, well, my roommates would be so mad if I didn't tell you about them. All right, look. So I got this one friend named Siggy, and Siggy is a little gnome, and she invents and makes all kind of stuff. And right now, she done made herself a chair that walks around, and she rides around in the chair. That chair, y'all, is terrifying. All right? It's scary. I don't like it. It's unnatural. How many legs does it have? Uh, it, it's got four. It it looks a damn normal when you first look at it. And then you realize it has a mouth and it moves. Yes, that would be disturbing. Yep. And then, uh, then my other two roommates, you know, when I went to sleep, I had three roommates. I had Siggy, I had Tack, and Damakos. And when I woke up, Tack and Damakos was gone. And uh, it was just me and Siggy and two new roommates. And these two, well, I tell you what, I wasn't sure about them at first. Wasn't sure at all, but then <laughs> I took them on a little adventure. We wandered off into the woods. I figure if there's anything I'm known for around campus is the fellow that likes to go out in the woods. And uh, so I took them out in the woods and we had a little adventure. But uh, you gotta meet my friend Yardy. Yardy Dribblejaw. He's he's one of them cat folk. And <laughs> it's, it's crazy. He is so clumsy. I ain't never seen a cat folk that that clumsy in my whole life. I didn't know that was possible. 
They're usually rather dexterous. Yeah, we give him a hard time about it. But you know what, though? He's real smart, and he's real fancy. Just fancy. And sometimes he gets to talking, and I don't quite understand what he's saying, because it's just so fancy. And he's got these guns. I tell you what, them things is loud now. Then we got this we got this one little fellow named Cash Black, and he's a bard. And it's the it's the craziest thing I tell you. For a bard, Cash is the shyest bard I have ever met. He don't want no tension. He don't grandstand. He don't get in the middle of nothing. But tell you what though, when it's going on, you know what I mean? Cash is right there. And he's singing some silly little song or some loud song. And then, you know, there's clouds of daggers. It's, he's a lot of fun, is what I'm trying to say. And, yeah, so if you ever get a chance to talk to either one of them, I would highly recommend it. Sounds interesting, especially the shy bard. I thought that was an oxymoron. But apparently, according to you, it is true? It is, it is true. I think, you know, from time to time, we're all oxymorons. It's fair. Nothing wrong with being the opposite of what people expect. It's when they underestimate you and make mistakes. That's funny you should mention that. All this time I've been spending with Rose. You know that that them animal voices I've been hearing and the and the and the, and the sudden increase in my strength and my ability to dodge out the way so much faster these days. All that's got me thinking that maybe uh you know maybe I should be looking a little deeper into this magic that seems to be springing up around me these days. And Rose is after me. She said, Durek, you need to be a druid. And I'm saying, Rose, I ain't no druid. I ain't no druid. That's too much reading. It's too much thinking. It's too much altogether. I don't want to be no druid. Just want to go out in the woods and swing my axe. And she says, Durek, you need to be a druid. And I say, Rose, all right, Rose, I'll think about it. So I'm thinking about it. I ain't made up my mind yet, but uh, I don't know nobody else has ever gone from being some backwoods good old boy axe swinger and making it up into the ranks of the druidics. Afraid you might not have much of a choice. I think you are already the hard one, whether you choose to accept it or not. Talking to Rose, that's some that's some some stuff that she said. Well, you might already be a druid, direct. I ain't no, ever been no druid before in my life. But you know what? Rose is something else, though. Rose, Rose is smart. <laughs> Other day we went over there to Rose's place, and there's a deer in the front lawn, and that deer was eating grass. And I was like, man, that sure is a pretty deer right there. And and Yardy was like, I want to chase that deer right there. I ain't even gonna try to do. I ain't even gonna try to do Yardy's voice. Yardy got a Yardy got a real fancy voice. And uh, <laughs> I said, look at that deer right there. And then the deer. Looked back at me, and it said, right there. And I about, I about messed up my pants, y'all. And then, then right there in front of us, Rose appeared from that deer. It started off with its face. It was a deer face. Then it was a rose face. And then it was a regular deer with a rose face. And then it was a whole rose deer. And then it was a rose. It was disturbing. One of the, the most horrific things I've ever seen. But Rose is... Well, she's a master at what she does. Even though I think she's a little nutty sometimes, you gotta respect a master at work. I love that trick. It's so good to send people screaming. Well, it worked, that's for sure. Could probably do it if you put your mind to it. 
I just hope that if I if I ever change, if I ever ever make that transition into an animal, that it ain't no deer. Cause look, I think that deers are pretty and deers are quick, but I want to be a bear. I want to be a bear so bad. If that change could be made possible, and I can carry Sit Paul's memory with me into my own bearhood. I believe I'll be very, very powerful indeed. That's true. Also, I imagined you would be a very, very angry beard. Oh, that's a thing that some people think. Well, you know, you gotta be, if you're angry, if you're that, if you're tough, you gotta be angry. But I don't know. I don't spend too much time angry. I fight stuff a lot. But you know, I don't get all that angry when I'm fighting stuff. Sometimes I can't help myself. Sometimes I just go full on rage. But for the most part, I kind of tend to enjoy myself. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just mentally picturing a very cross-looking deer wandering around, pissed off that it's a deer. And it's a very, very funny <laughs> mental image. <laughs> that is pretty good. I, I don't want to, I don't, oh wait, oh wait. Oh, hopefully you'll turn into something else. Otherwise, if I roll on across a very cross-looking deer, it's probably you. It's me. Yeah, you can run across a, a cross-looking deer. You can be like, hey, Durak, and I'll be like, uh, whatever deers do. Oh, hopefully if that happens, you're able to change back. Otherwise, it's tricky when druids get stuck. Have you ever thought about what you're going to do when you're out of school? You know, I've thought about it. And I reckon I'm going to hang around town and try to be helpful they got some folks that could use my expertise and uh i ain't talked to masterman or hold about it yet but i was thinking it might be kind of nice to stay on i don't know as a as a teacher as a as a tutor as a guide just take people out in the woods because that's what i'm good at taking people out in the woods of course if that don't work out i know i'm pretty good on my own and i guess i might just go wander it again I'm sure that the headmaster will have realized that teaching adventurers how to not to die in the woods is very important. I ain't say I taught them how not to die in the woods. Now, I, I can't promise that much. You can teach them the basics of don't touch this, don't pee on this. If this happens, run away. <laughs> I've come across some very dumb is to die wandering through the woods. And it's so easy for people to get lost there. It is an undervalued skill. It is an undervalued skill. You know, you take some of these young folk today, they come over here to this school and they need a map to get everywhere. They need a map to find the cafeteria. They need a map to find the Misty Cave. They need a map to find the Reestabat. I don't know what to do with these kids. I try to tell them, you don't need no map. You just gotta go wandering around remember where you wandered and that's what you do i guess with the map it helps you hopefully not wandered into the wrong place but yes it is not always good to be bound to a piece of paper that you may not always have just a map can't say ever want to fair enough you actually know how to get around without what i imagine from all of your wanderings that's right i ain't never been lost wherever i am well, that's where I am. Guessing since you were kicked out of your tribe, you haven't seen any of your family since then. Oh, that's 
That's true. When I left, uh, they beat me pretty bad. And I was told if I ever came back, I'd be killed. And in fact, once uh, some fellas from the village ran into me in another town and they tried their best, only one of them went home. But no, I ain't seen the family in a real long time. About 14 years. Sorry, that must be hard not knowing how they're doing. Imagine there's some you still cared about. I don't know if it's if it's the years or the distance, but I'd like to miss my mother, but I barely remember her face. Her name was Janelle, but that's that's really all I got. So no, no, I don't really miss much. Have a new family though. Have a school. Have your friends. I do got a new family. That is true. Now, uh, you know, probably the most surprising thing that has occurred here is, you know, I used to be a, a, a wanderer on my own. Used to only trust myself. For many years, I thought of myself as a lone wolf. But uh, I came over here to the school and I met Siggy and Tack, Damakos. I met Yardy and Cash and I realized I was part of a pack, not my own solo pack of my pack of my own. I was part of a pack of of people that were watching each other's back, that treated each other like family, that fussed and fought like family, <laughs> and went out together like family. And it's true. Something that we've learned at the school is that when you're real close to somebody, you form connections with them. And we always just call them heartstrings. It's like a cord running from my chest to Siggy's chest. And in it is the connection and the bonds that we've made together over the years. And one of the things that's real nice is that we pretty much always know where each other is. And so if we find ourselves split up or, 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 or one of us has, has, has been separated from the rest, we can use those heartstrings, figure out where that person is. So being part of a family definitely has its advantages, most of which is that strength in numbers. world is much kinder than much less scary when you're not alone. There's a trade-off, too, though, you know? You give up some independence when you do that. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to just wake up in the middle of the night and just point in one direction and go. That feeling never truly goes away, I don't think. But I have to remind myself that in giving up some of my freedom, some of my desire to, to wander off alone, in return I get companionship, camaraderie, protection. I think it's worth the trade. I don't know if I believed that at first, but now I'm convinced. Friends do tend to grow on you a bit like fungus at times. <laughs> you ain't lying, sister. Sneaks up on you, next thing you know, you just can't get rid of it. So they're definitely good to have, even when they do drag you into trouble. <laughs> well, 
really i'm i'm the one that drags into trouble really cash like i said he's real shy he don't like to go out and do much less than you you know give him some incentive and yardy he can have fun on his own he can just go out there and you know chase squirrels and whatnot but i'm the one that drags him into trouble uh, in fact there's sort of a sort of a joke around campus if anybody says hey where's durak and somebody would probably say just leading some rookies off into the woods that's what they say sometimes I guess that's an interesting way to get the first taste of adventure. I figure if they can... I mean, I ain't gonna let nothing bad happen to them. I'm plenty strong enough. I ain't gonna let nothing bad happen to them. But if I can let them come out there and get a little taste of, of what's waiting for them, uh, let them get in a, a few spells, let them take a few hits, figure out what's what, uh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good day's work. Improve a good class to teach, indeed, or you could just do it whether they hired you or not. Just me just hiding out in the woods. Yes, so they may consider that kidnapping, so I recommend getting permission first. <laughs> Before you just wander off with all of the students. That's probably good advice. You don't want to anger their parents. <laughs> Hell, I'm old enough to be most of their parents. That's such a new point. Guessing you never decided that you wanted a family like that of your own. Oh, no. I'm not easy to live with. I don't even like myself sometimes. I uh, I appreciate that, that Sigs has stuck with me for so long and that, that Cash and Yardy seem to be so amenable, but no, nah, I ain't never wanted a, a family family. That that just ain't for me. That's fair. Don't afford everyone, plus you basically do have children and your friends and, and the students at the school. Friends can be enough. Dang, I ain't even thought about it that way. What are some of the other crazy adventures you've been on? Well, let's see here. Oh, yeah, okay. So that shambling mass, right? That thing that's chasing me around looked like a tree elephant. It chased Yardy and Cash and myself and Siggy all through this one area of the forest and it was headed toward this tree called the Reestabeth and the Reestabeth is a magical tree that some of the professors use for some I don't know for some magic stuff and the mass was running towards the tree and it was going to attack it and we got there and we were going to protect the tree and there was this witch protecting the tree and I think she actually might not have been evil, but she cast a spell towards Cash and Yardy lit her up. And so we had to fight and we fought that witch, turned around, fought the shambling mass. And while we're fighting the shambling mass, Cash has a brilliant idea to ask the tree for help because Cash could talk to plants and the tree obliged and it dropped a big old limb out from the top nearly crushed all of us i got it away just in time but it smashed the shambling mound into the ground that is about the craziest thing i think i've ever seen and then that same tree it called cash over cash had to go over to it be like what tree and the tree gave cash a ring i think they got to get married now i think i'm pretty sure that there is some real heavy stuff going on that tree asked for a favor in the future. 
I don't know about you, but I don't like I don't like granting future favors. But I think we're all locked in now. When Cash told us all about it, our heartstrings they grew they grew real tight and tied into a knot. Normally they look red, but when he told us what happened, our heartstrings were black. It seems that we are sharing a curse now. Yes, that's. Uh, hmm. I was about to suggest that that might have been an old god, but now I'm thinking it might be something about this powerful but much more sinister. Uh, that's not good. Yeah, I, I got a bad feeling about it. Master Winterhold told us that it was going to come calling one day, and we were going to have to repay that favor, so you know, I reckon we're at least on the tab for that. You have to be very careful about which trees you talk to. You're telling me. You know, Yardy's got this thing about trees. I don't know whether you know this or not, but uh, them cat folk, they do not like trees. Something about something about climbing up in them and getting stuck or something. And uh, Yardy said, I ain't going to no tree. Of course, he said it fancier than that. And Cash, he said, trees are for growing, not for talking. And I thought I was going to die laughing. Then we had to fight those. So I, could, I had to quit laughing. But trees are for growing, not for talking. That's what I believe. And I think that my whole team is on board with that sentiment. You're more likely to run into something very unfortunate than you're to actually run into some sort of tree god. But they do exist. Just not always very friendly. Well, just don't piss off. Don't piss off the trees. It's a pretty good rule in general. Um, maybe don't talk to them, but don't piss off the trees. Of course, you are talking to a fellow with a fire axe. I once heard of a tree god who killed a fire dragon. Literally ripped its, the fire glands out of its throat. Yeah, I heard that one too. I wouldn't want to tangle with that tree, that's for sure. But you know, we ran across this fella. He is a tree named Trey. And he is trying to be real difficult at first. He tripped up Yardy. And I turned around and I showed him my axe. And I realized those are the two things that a tree is most afraid of. Fire and axes. And Trey started crying and I had to put up my axe so we could talk to him. It was crazy. It was true though that trees are not fond of fire nor axes. No, they aren't. And gods are not fond of when you bash talk their followers. And there's that. So how much longer before you graduate? Finishing up this semester, and then we got one more year, so about a year and a half. That's not too bad. You're in the final stretch. The last year, I've heard, can be fairly challenging. That's what they say. Uh, you know, we have three different sorts of missions they give us for our midterms and finals. And There's green missions, which are real easy, and I ain't never took a green one. And there's yellow ones, which are kind of, you know, fair to middling hard, and I take a lot of them. But they're also red cards, and them red cards, well, we just finished one of those up. And uh, I ain't at liberty to talk too much about it yet, because all the things ain't shook out from it. But them red cards are something else. And <laughs> the reward, though, buddy, the reward was something else. What was it? Are you able to say that? Well, I don't want to tell you too much, but let's just say it rhymed with platinum coin. That's a lot. Well, we did get stomped on pretty hard, though. What did you have to fight? Well, we fought that mass. 
we fought that witch and then we took our red card and that red card was a particularly difficult mission the folks that run the bookstore on campus they're what they call woke animals they look like regular animals but they talk they talk like you know in common they're sentient yeah they're sentient and there's four of them run the bookstore they're uh dart doug miles estella they all talk like regular people i tell you what they fighters too miles is a barbarian that's for sure and they asked us to come to their home village because some of their friends was going missing never a good sign no no and we went we went there and we figured it out pretty quick what was happening and what was happening was there was this lich that was pretending to be the companions of these creatures their companions that had passed and they'd come to the windows and call to them in their in their old companion's voice and then the dog or cat or what have you would go following after what he thought was his his old companion and she ended up in in these cages and look i ain't gonna pretend like i understand the magic that went behind this but there was this fella who was capturing animals putting them in boxes shrinking the boxes down and i don't know what he's using them for but when i saw that he was putting animals in boxes i kind of lost it a little bit yardy and me we didn't take too kindly to the whole thing and we saved them dogs anytime a lich does anything it's never good yeah that that lich it lit me up it scared me so bad i i got old i got real old like almost dead old and cash (laughs) that cash cash got this dumb feeling like he could help me if he poured some of his life energy into me and i was like cash what the hell are you talking about and he's like look Derek, i got this and our heartstrings lit up and cash made this face oh man cash made this face it was like somebody was pulling his guts out probably what that felt like yeah it must have been bad because when we was done uh, he was wore out and i was mostly young again and cash sacrificed a lot of himself to keep me alive them red cards are a mess yeah so probably not going to take another red card next year are you kidding me i'm gonna take all of them i'm gonna get the next red card they offer ain't no use in going out there if you ain't gonna be challenged but just to make sure you come back and can survive the challenge yes that's one thing you always got to do is come back from that. I mean, how else you going to get paid or get your credits or anything else? You come back dead, you ain't going ain't gonna to get none of that. That's true. Fighting a lich does no easy feat. You never know what they're drawing their powers from. It's true. That's true. But you know what? Cash and Yardy and Sigs and Moth came running for me. And they took that lich down. And... It really cash saved my life twice that day. Good friend to have. Perhaps they'll continue traveling together after they graduate. We'll see. You know, 
other thing that Cash and I got in common is he ain't one of these youngins either. In fact, he ain't much younger than I am. So when he gave up something of himself like that, it really was a sacrifice. It wasn't like a young person giving up some vitality. It was a, it was a person that ain't getting none of that back. That's how you know you found good friends. That is true. You mentioned the heart strings. Talk about them like you can see them. Yep. It's like if I had like a loot string and it was threaded into my chest, it would be connected to another one on Cash's chest. And there's one that attaches to Yardy's chest and one that attaches to Siggy's chest. And we all have these heartstrings crossing over one another. And they allow us to communicate in ways that it ain't like talking. It ain't like, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm just fine. Here's my heartstring. But, uh, you know, if I say I'm in trouble over here, they all know. And it's like a vibration runs across it. And when it's real strong, you can see it. You can see it plain as day. And it's red and it glows and it's warm. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. And others see it. They're just those who are connected. You know, I ain't never asked nobody. I ain't never been like, hey, you see these things? I thought I was detecting something, but I wasn't sure what it was. If it was a magic item or the special kind of, like, sending stone. But that could possibly explain. The magic I'm very much not familiar with. Now, I can't see them all the time, honestly. It's like, it really only shows up. You can really only see them when you're using them, you know, when you're when you're really concentrating on using them. Yeah, a few minutes ago, I felt a little, little tangle in my chest. I gotta say, I am 100% certain that Siggy's up to something, and she probably ain't up to no good, honestly. It might be worth investigating, and, like, I, I was explaining why the feeling got stronger, because I'm sensitive to, certain, to most kinds of magic, and I felt something, but it didn't really crop up until a few minutes ago, and I think I might actually be able to somewhat trace where it's coming from. This is an interesting world indeed. But I stopped by here. Me too. I, I was kind of dreading this thing, and I if I didn't owe Headmaster Winterhold so many favors, I'd have told him to give this assignment to somebody else, but you know, it's been pretty fun. I'm glad you think so, and I'm glad you didn't avoid it. I enjoy getting to hear interesting stories and meet new people and the people who could, can be trusted or called upon if need be. You may be old, as you say, but I imagine you have quite a few adventures left in you. Oh yeah, I, I ain't nowhere near stopping. I got midterms coming up again here shortly anyways, and we'll probably pick up another red card, probably go out there. Probably get half killed. Probably do some killing myself. And, uh, you know, I got this. I got this for a little while. Perhaps we'll meet again sometime in the future, and I'll be able to hear more of your story and see if we, either of us, have been able to learn anything about your missing year. Imagine there's quite the tale in that. I hope so. It's probably a bear tale, right? <laughs> She just kind of rolls her eyes. 
Until we meet again, Dardak, it's been a pleasure to meeting you. Take care, safe travels, and we'll see you next time. And he raises his second mug and then just downs it. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. you enjoying the show you're currently listening to? Is that weird for anybody else? <laughs> Only if you make it weird. <laughs> Check out Good Better Quest, a D&D real play podcast on the Final Plank Network. Our group is working their way through earning their bachelors in Dungeoneering and all of the hazards that accompany it. If you are looking for laughs, tears, and friendship, Good Better Quest is here for you. You would waste your life when there are plenty of other options. Why would you do this? I hold up my hand to Ma. Helping your friends is never a waste. Search Good Better Quest on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out Final Plank's other shows at Final Plank on social media. But remember, it's better than good. It's It's Good good, Better better Quest. Quest.